Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our webinar today. We're going to be exclusive for the best gender ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just for ladies, so we can talk about anything that we feel comfortable. Um, we have a few questions. We normally do an icebreaker. Um, normally, we go for where you guys are from. But today, I want to hear what is your speciality. So, you are a front end, back end, um, you are just a student yet. So what you guys are doing? What is your expertise? Okay. I was trying to think, what is my expertise? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, let's get in the chat and get to know each other a little bit more. Um, I'll get in there. Sure. Okay, so Pudi from Kenya. She's a software engineer. Pretty cool. I to Africa. I really want to go there one day. Um, okay, software engineer. Awesome. Who else is in the room? Say hello. Jump in the chat. Love to get to yeah. know who's in here. Software developer as well. Fantastic. Nice. Um, Nigeria, vertical project management. Nice. Really cool. Got mine in there. And I'm not from a tech background, but doing a doing a talk on um woman in tech. So <laughs> you know, that's yeah. how it goes. Developer from Brazil. Hi, welcome, welcome. Um, the rest of the team at Women in Tech World are all techies, and then I bring in the research and facilitation and uh, um, the, the communications and such kind of piece of it, but have talked to a lot of developers mm. and other people in tech. That's pretty cool because I never found my place in terms of am I like more into the like human piece and communication and I'm more in the tech and I did engineer, but then I switched it. And then it's nice to know that we can, you can always find a place where you can use all your expertise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's been really incredible. Uh, I, well, I come from a science background, which I don't mention in the, the talk actually, but I come mm -hmm. from health science and, and, um, Ooh, in Canada, ex excellent. Okay, um, I come from a health science background, and um, that's where kind of the research, community-based research, came in. Um, but I'm also a writer, entrepreneur. I founded a company working with startups, and a lot of them are tech-based. So I've got, and then with Women in Tech World, I've got to know a lot of people in the tech space, and kind of found my home within it. And when I first kind of got into the community in 2017, I didn't, I didn't think I belonged because I didn't have those technical skills. Um, but it's been uh, a really welcoming, incredible community and um, found that there's room for lots of different kinds of people. And we ended mm -hmm. up talking to 1600 women in tech, but they were from like everything from like library technicians to product managers, uh, tech companies to um, software developers, people in crypt working in cryptocurrency, entrepreneurs who have tech enabled or fully tech kind of companies. So it was really cool to, to see that massive spectrum of like who considers themselves to be women in tech. Um, so welcome everyone. It's true. It's there, like, there is no boundaries between like, or you have to be a developer or a project management. We are all in the industry. So that's great. Well, we got one more um, analyst advisor specialist from India. Yeah, a lot of Brazilians, Victoria's too. I'm Brazilian too. And I live in Vancouver. It's been five years since I'm in Vancouver, but I'm Brazilian too. Um, Brazil, Canada, uh, with your husband, business analyst, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right, I guess we got some time so people can join. And we um, had another talk uh, going on just before hours. So I know some people are just coming in, coming out. But let me introduce you in a more formal way. Um, 
So thank you, Melanie, for accepting our invite. Um, Melanie is a Canadian-born entrepreneur right now living in Ireland and soon moving back to Canada uh, to work as a public speaker, community-based researcher, and advocate for gender equality in tech and business. Um, Melanie sits on the Women in Tech Word um, board, and she plays an active role as lead research and facilitator in the community-based research initiatives to support and advance women in tech. And Melanie, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm going to give you the stage and I'll be here um, just paying attention and take notes. Cool. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to talk about the research that we've done and um, essentially what's going to happen over the next kind of 45 minutes. And I'll try to keep it into that. So we have time for questions and such as well. Um, but my talk is called Standing Up for Each Other, What I Learned uh, from Talking to 1600 Women in Tech. I'm going to um, share my slides in just a moment and kind of tell you a story. Um, and we're going to walk through our, our research that we did at Women in Tech World, um, what it felt like to go through that research and be, as, be a part of that, how it relates to the world outside of Canada. We were focused on Canada at the time. Um, and then what I learned and what the team learned um, from that research and like, in terms of how we can better support each other and advance women in tech. Because one of the questions we always get and I always get is that is that question around, um, like I understand that there are barriers and um, that it can be uh, a difficult space to be in trying to get into tech industry, but also to stay within the tech industry as a woman. Um, and we'll dig into that a little bit more. But the question always becomes then, what can I do? Um, and it comes from an individual space. What can I do as an individual? And we we want to answer that. I want to answer that. And so I've come up with some some different things that that I think uh, that I've seen work, but also want to answer from kind of what can we do as a community? How do we support each other? If you're a manager, how do you support um, the next generation of women in tech and et cetera, et cetera, because we all play a role in that. So that's what the next 45 minutes will look like. And please do feel free to hang out in the chat. I'm going to ask a few questions along the way, but um, you don't have to wait for my questions to ask me questions um, or to, to comment. And um, we should have time at the end to have a bit of a conversation. So I'm really keen to hear your thoughts. Um, if what I talk about is new or kind of like, yep, that's, that's the experience I have or, or whatever kind of reaction you have, I'd be really curious to hear. So we're going to just jump right in. Let me share my screen. Also, let me know if I'm talking too fast or anything to that um, kind of effect as well, because I do that when I get excited. <laughs> uh, how do I share again? Where's my share screen? It's disappeared. Oh, I just have to make it bigger. One sec. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just at have the to top. make it bigger. Yeah. The little computer icon at the top. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So I want to be able to see the chat. Let's see what happens when I hit present. Can I still see the chat a little bit? A little bit. Okay. What I might do is come in and out of the chat then. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's being if monitored. If there's so any question, I can just speak it up and let you know. Like so and so had a question, so don't worry. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, once again, my name is Melanie. I'm the lead researcher and facilitator at Women in Tech World, which you'll also hear me call it Wit World. So, uh, what is Women in Tech World? We are a research-based organization that's dedicated to creating systemic change for women in tech ecosystems. And while we were kind of, um, where, while we developed in Canada, we're now in different areas. I myself am in Ireland and we have people on the team from different areas of the world and are kind of just growing a little bit, a little bit more inch by inch, year by year. But we are a volunteer based organization um, that have had up to 150 volunteers working on projects um, within research um, and programs that came out of that research over the past, uh, I guess, three years now. Um, I already told you what we're going to talk about here today, so I'm going to just jump right in about this whole thing I'm talking about, six, talking to 1600 Women in Tech. What is that all about? So let me take you back to 2017. This is the storytelling portion. Um, so back in 2017, this is when we launched what we call Driving Win Tech, a tour to connect women in tech. This was a grassroots community-based research tour that took us into communities across Canada to have real conversations with women in tech. So pictured here, you can see me facilitating one of these conversations. We ended up doing 30 of them. Each conversation had somewhere between 10 and 60 predominantly women that came out to the conversations. About 10% of our participants um, identified as men. 
And you can also see here, and you'll see this throughout the presentation, these artifacts um, in yellow all over the place. So we have your story, we have word challenging, and why did you choose this word? So these are actual artifacts from um, the, the workbooks that you can probably see on the tables um, that the women are working with. So in those workbooks, part of our research activity was that they would write in those and kind of provide their feedback and stories there. So we pulled those out and have shared them um, and, and continue to share them in ways like this. So when you see that, those are the real real pieces of research that people have contributed and said that we can share anonymous, anonymously, of course. So this, this particular conversation was in Calgary, Alberta. This is one of the 30, but I didn't do this research tour alone, of course. So that's me on the, I don't know which side it is for you. Hopefully you can tell which one it's me. I had a bit longer hair back then, uh, but that's me. I was on the research tour. I was one of the um, lead researchers and facilitators. And then Ali Close, who's right beside me or on the opposite side of me standing up. She's the founder of Women in Tech World. And she was the other research um, um, uh, researcher and facilitator. And she's really kind of the data mind behind all the things. And the woman in the, the middle, her name's Sarah, she was our research assistant. And we also had another assistant called Katie who was with us for a couple of weeks. And as I mentioned, we also had 150 volunteers kind of in the scenes. So we definitely did not do this alone. We had actually over 170, I think at that time, volunteers and we had 100 partners across Canada. We were Kickstarter funded. Um, so as I said, very grassroots out there, just kind of talking to women and seeing what they're experiencing. Um, so right behind us, that's our home that we had for nine weeks. We traveled 14,000 kilometers coast to coast in Vancouver or in Canada, talked to um, visited 30 communities, both rural and urban centers. We were kind of going to places that people know to be kind of the tech hubs of Canada, but also other areas that have really incredible and thriving tech um, communities that people are a little bit less familiar with. So people often ask us, what was it like to be on the road on this tour? Again, that's me up there. So honestly, as I mentioned, Kickstarter funded grassroots. We didn't have much funding at the time. Um, it was kind of like local tech companies in Vancouver um, reached out and, and uh, put a little bit of money in the pot. So we did buy this, uh, this RV that you see. Her name was Chitty Chitty Van Van. Um, but she had lots of holes in her. And the entire tour, we were essentially um, sleeping in parking lots, campsite, campsites and driveways. We had very little money, ate very little food. Uh, essentially, this is our home where we ate, slept and worked. Um, and I remember everything from learning how to jump onto the top of the RV to be able to fix the roof there to waking up in the middle of the night with water falling on my head or driving along the road and our microwave falling off of the side of the the camper van into the middle of our space. So that's what I call a full experience. Yes, a full experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we didn't have a bathroom. We didn't have a working kitchen. It was fun. Um, but it was it was actually really incredible. And this is me again. Um, oh, there's our bathroom that was not working. And essentially, we went days upon days without Wi-Fi. So this was nine weeks in total. Um, this is when I learned that Canada has many, many areas that do not have Wi-Fi or phone signal. Um, learned, you know, what it was like to to be uploading something where it would take 24 hours to upload, where back in Vancouver it might take three minutes or less. Um, spent hours uploading data um, and then uh, and then kind of going to sleep, waking up the next morning, driving to the next place, doing our facilitation, uploading data, going back to sleep. So it was a really incredible journey to be on the road for this and very life changing. But obviously, at the end of the day, it was really about the women that we talked to um, as incredible and interesting and bizarre as it was to be on the tour itself. This is what it was about. It was getting up each day um, and getting to a new community and talking to these women. For me, this was life changing as I realized how naive I had been. As I mentioned, if you were in the room at the time, I didn't actually come from a tech background, although it was science background. It was health science. And I'd come, I'd worked in government for 10 years. I'd worked in um, social enterprises. I worked in nonprofit. I often had women that were my managers and that I was working with and just didn't, um, I didn't know what so many women were experiencing across Canada. And I think there was this belief that Canada was um, a very open place. It was a place where there wasn't, there wasn't discrimination. I mean, obviously since 2017, this was 2017. So since then there's been a lot more eye-opening kind of conversations and research that's happened to show that that's not the case. But at the time, people didn't really know what to expect from the research tour that we were doing and thought it might be a little bit more positive than it ended up kind of being at the end of the day. So essentially what this what this was for me when I when I embarked on this journey is that I knew the numbers because in 2017 everyone was talking about numbers around how many women 
there were in the tech industry in Canada. But hearing these stories, that was the life-changing piece for me. But speaking of numbers, I'm just gonna step back just a moment. Speaking of numbers, the big number in Canada at the time was 25. So in 2017, women made up 25% of the tech industry. There was this kind of like hyper focus on how to fix the pipeline. You've probably heard that, it's still talked about today. Um, people talk a little bit more about the leaky pipeline, which has more to do with retainment now. But at the time it was really about recruitment was the focus and just this really intense kind of like, how do we fix this? What's wrong? Where is this broken conversation? But people were looking at numbers and not even good numbers. It wasn't good data. We were kind of using US data as a proxy for Canadian data. We were using outdated kind of models for our, our um, what's called Stats Canada, um, kind of uh, surveys that were going out to people every few years to understand what kind of um, education they were getting and who was working in what industries. Um, and it wasn't kind of the only numbers that were catching attention at the time. So this is kind of a smattering of headlines and ones that you've probably seen, the kind of graphs you're probably used to. Um, back in 2017, when you Googled women in tech, this is what you would have seen. As you can also see, potentially, uh, one of these is from 2018, one from 2019, so it hasn't really changed. And of course, with 2020, we have the added context of COVID. Um, but at the time, you know, people were very much talking, uh, showing bar charts and talking about percent of women on boards, pay gaps, and all these very real issues. But it was really about the data. So Ali, the founder of Women in Tech, um, I recently saw a quote that she had, uh, that something that she'd said a couple of years ago. She said, I wanted to turn something that's uncountable, the stories and experiences of women in tech, into something that you can see, feel, and hear. Something that is hard to achieve if we let numbers and technology lead us in the process. So essentially what happened is that we looked at the research that existed and noticed that it was all these numbers. There was no qualitative kind of element or if there were quali was qualitative research, it was very small scale. No one had gone across Canada and talked to all these women in tech, which we then learned how big of an endeavor that of course was, especially when you aren't backed by government um, or academia or anything like that. But we thought, you know what, people are asking us um, at that time, what kind of programs we were gonna be doing for women in tech, how we wanted to support women in tech as an organization. And we realized that we didn't wanna make assumptions. We wanted to talk to women and understand what it is that they actually need so we could then address that barrier. So really at the end of the day, um, data is just a tool to represent reality and really the stories of human beings behind the numbers is what we wanted to, um, what we wanted to be able to show. So we had driving with tech, which you've already seen a little bit of uh, a little bit of the, the story behind that. This picture was actually um, taken in Ottawa. But as I mentioned before, driving with tech was this community based research tour um, that was dedicated to shared storytelling and collective action. So these events that we had and um, it, gave, it gave people time to reflect on their own self-reflection, but it also got, gave them time to talk as a group and then and then as a community. So we kind of took this three pronged approach to how are we going to um, get data and how are we going to um, talk about or kind of like provide these safe spaces or provide these spaces where people felt they could talk about their experiences. So it's a little bit blurry, I apologize for that, but <laughs> this is a map of what it looked like and where we went to. So there were two territories we weren't able to get to, but otherwise we got to all provinces as well as Yukon. Um, we set up these, these 30 community conversations in two months time. Uh, and ended up talking to those 1600 women in tech from coast to coast. So during the research, we collected 1500 surveys that had demographic data, as well as some answers to some questions, to some qualitative questions. We talked to these women in person. So we have 19, 900 written accounts from talking to women in person, and we have 145 hours of audio recordings, which we listened to and transcribed. Um, what we were trying to answer was first, firstly, who are Canada's women in tech? So when we were just in the chat before I started here, we were saying, you know, um, there's so many different women in the women in tech community and, and no one really knows how to define community. I mean, it's hard enough to define tech, let alone who are women in tech. But the government of Canada, as well as provincial governments and, and many other people were developing program for women in tech and they didn't even know who these women were. So we were like, OK, let's just find out who is self-subscribing into this community, who are Canada's women in tech. What are the successes and challenges that they're experiencing? And then we wanted to be really action oriented and ask what are the recommendations for creating more gender diverse and inclusive tech communities across Canada? 
So every time we walked into one of those rooms, the very first question we would ask is, what is one word you would use to describe the tech ecosystem in your city? And this is a question I would also have for you. I mentioned before that I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Um, this is one I have for you. If you're comfortable, I think you can also do a private message if you don't wanna share publicly, but if you're comfortable getting in the chat, I would be curious to know, what is one word you would use to describe the tech ecosystem in your city? Just the first word that comes to mind, and there is no wrong answer, of course. And I'll share, you, I'll share with you what other people have said. But I'm curious. Pretty interesting. Oh, it's hard. You say like it's easy, just the first one that comes to your mind, but it's not a simple question. So I guess I will start um, yeah. by saying that I guess the, what is one word you would use to describe the tech ecosystem in your city? In Vancouver, for me, being a little on the sidelines is um, inclusive because I come from Brazil, so for me, this is pretty inclusive. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, um, yes. <laughs> well, we have some uh, answers here. Yeah. So, outdated, difficult, non-inclusive, sad, potential, startups, mm. sexist. Sad. Yeah. Um, inclusive, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah, yeah feel free Kenya. to click. Kenya is also from Brazil, so I think she can relate to my answer too. Yeah, yeah, and we did hear, we heard that kind of um, story as well. It's interesting um, layering on different kind of elements. And one thing uh, to note is that with this research study, we did kind of invite everyone who, who um, identified as a woman in tech, either currently in the tech ecosystem, had left within five years, or, or we're looking to enter the tech ecosystem. And you could also be an ally or a stakeholder. And then we track mm -hmm. that. What was interesting is that people often ask us, what would you, what would you go back and do now? And there's, I, like, I would love to do far more focused research on different populations to get like a little bit more of nuanced information. But um, in talking to these yeah. people, I'm gonna show you one, this is Toronto at the time. So um, also said, intimidating opportunity, fun, cold, varied, uh, male, narrow, thriving, challenging, encouraging, frustrating, chaotic, behind, question mark, awesome. So many different words. <laughs> but you can start to see that like, that it was interesting because we actually talked to a lot of women. I can't remember how many were at the, in the tech, uh, Toronto one, but a lot of people would choose the same words, um, but we still got this like really, really incredible breadth of information in terms of what are these very unique experiences that we're all having within the same tech ecosystems? Um, and even within the same kind of like, like the, the people who would be in the tech ecosystem who would choose to come to something like this, like they, they already are kind of like have, think, have things in common and yet are, are experiencing this huge range of, of um, experiences. So then within the conversation, we would kind of dive into what their story was behind that, but I'm not gonna share those with you here today, um, but you can check it out online. I'll give you the link later. Um, so thank you so much for sharing for those who got a chat and shared it was um, it's always really interesting and we still get a lot of variety whenever we ask this question. So in terms of our second question that we um, would ask and again feel free to jump in and, and talk about yours but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share with you what came out of our research for this one. What roadblocks or challenges have you experienced as a woman in tech? So again, feel free to share in the chat. I'm just gonna dive right in um, and no pressure for you to, to get in and, and share, but let me know if there's anything in there that you, that even like from this list, if there's anything that resonates with you. So essentially from that question, as I mentioned, we got a lot of, got a lot of data from that information. So what we did is, uh, uh, oh, what's the data term? Um, I can't remember the data term, but anyways, we got, we, we themed everything that came out of that. Um, and the five themes that came out of the, the roadblocks and challenges question was bias and discrimination, which was, um, categorized, defined by these women as, um, bias and discrimination, including condescending, racist, sexist, um, old school attitudes towards women within the industry. That's how that was defined. Organizational culture defined as feelings of not belonging, isolation, and an overall bro culture. Their words, not mine, um, of course. And so the third one was personal barriers, and that was a lack of confidence, intimidation, and fear, made worse by a sense of isolation in a male-dominated industry. That's an interesting one, the personal barriers question or piece, because since 2017, we've learned a lot at Women in Tech World, and um, 
in our research now, we actually ask that participants shelve that piece because that element of, of um, lack of confidence, intimidation and fear that so many people bring up when they're talking about a barrier to women in tech, that element is really more of a, uh, a symptom of systemic issues than the actual mm -hmm. issue itself. So we don't act, we actually take that out of the equation now when we ask this question, we say, we know you, we know you may want to say um, confidence issues, but let's just, let's acknowledge that that's true and a very real experience for many women, but let's just put that on the shelf for now and dig into the other pieces. Um, that's been an interesting learning learning experience for me. I hear your I hear your mic. Does this mean you yes. something to add? <laughs> yes. No, it's not at all. It's interesting because uh, from your point, uh, the 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 like the personal barriers. That's exactly what we have here on the chat. People don't yeah. believe that I will be able to solve problems in some critical situation. So uh, the sense that you having confidence in yourself, um, yeah. it's stuff but it's even harder when uh just by being a woman someone else come in and and say like don't trust you have to prove yourself even more we Absolutely. have a, like people don't trust and believe in your capabilities sexual harassment and discrimination uh gap of vacancies for those who have no experience i guess this is one of the most hard ones you are here you're eager to learn but everybody is looking for some seniority um right question your mm -hmm. knowledge um disrespect mistrust men with the same knowledge having more opportunities and promotions um lots of vacancies for those uh, lack of vacancies for those who doesn't have experience so it's really connecting there absolutely yeah yeah so some of those ones that you mentioned um i'll pop down to the education one and come back to resources the education piece was around um technical skill development and as well as training awareness regarding diversity equity and inclusion but how the, but what you're describing in more detail is what has come out in more detail in the research that we've done more recently. Um, we, we ended up after this research tour doing a, an additional research tour just in British Columbia in Canada. And then we also more recently this year did one with the government of Canada, which that um, the report should be coming out very shortly. But that what you're what you're talking about in the chat there um, around not having those opportunities um, and people looking for seniority and those kind of gaps, that was a really big one that we've seen come out when we really dig in, especially when we put the personal barriers question aside and really dig into, okay, if you if that wasn't a thing, what are the barriers? That came up a lot. Um, so that's very much experienced across the board as well. And then resources and support systems, that was around unawareness and lack of support systems or, re or resources. And I say unawareness because often we had women in the room saying, there's no funding for women in tech, there's no this, there's no that. And then someone else would say, oh yeah, there is, you just have to go here, but it's buried somewhere. It's on some random website that's difficult to find. It's hard to navigate. You're already tired and dealing with all of these other barriers and then trying to find resources and supports is difficult. And I will say since 2017, at least in Canada, there's a lot more, especially in 2020, there's a lot more um, resources and support systems, but even still, with our research this year, this came up as an issue. So then we kind of got into what was helping. So what's actually working in your community? What helps women in tech succeed? So this was that question around like what what resources are already there? Um, are there scholarships? Are there is there education? What already exists so that we can then share that knowledge with each other? So the answers that came out of women in Canada at the time was they felt there were women who were mentors and role models. Um, they felt that networking amongst women um, worked well, that, the, that there were conversations around gender diversity and inclusion happening at the time. Um, this was right at, during Me Too, um, just to give some context. Me Too was at the exact same time as this, um, the beginning of it, I should say, um, that there are supportive communities for women at school and in work. Um, there's also access, some accessible online education and self-learning programs tech programs, events and workshops, and funding for women. It's funny because you'll see some of the things that were challenges are also here. And the reason for that is that while some support systems do exist and were acknowledged, they vary greatly and aren't in each community. So for instance, in like Vancouver and Toronto, they might say there's really good networking opportunities um, as well as programs and events. Whereas people in rural Canada would say, there's nothing or I don't know where to find it. I don't even know who the other women in tech are in my community, I can't access them. So it was very, uh, again, diverse in terms of um, 
who is able to access what. Uh, and we kind of broke that down a little bit more in our research. And again, since we did this research tour, we've now changed our own research methodology a little bit more to kind of reflect this element that is so varied. Um, okay, so what about outside of Canada? So I'm not going to jump into what we did in terms of the, the action planning yet. That will be at the end because I want to kind of I'm, I'm aware that, that there's some people in Can uh, who are living in Canada here. But otherwise, there's lots of people from outside of Canada. I will say most of the research I could find and I did some I've done some research over the last few years. But the most accessible research is around um, the United States and Europe. So that's most of my research as well. And I would love to know. If you know kind of the data from your area or nook of the world, if you want to share that or even resources for where we can learn more about it, that would be amazing. But otherwise, what about outside of Canada is my was my question. Um, so first of all, I don't know. Again, we couldn't was that we couldn't hear you uh, explaining oh. the question. So one one's like before. If you can do it again, this one. Okay, okay. Um, can you hear me now? All good now. Okay, all good. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. So what about outside of Canada? Um, my piece around this was that uh, most of the data I was able to find is from the US and Europe. So I would love to know, um, which is telling in itself, I think, but I would love to know if you know where there are resources or if you already know the data for your own area of the world and want to share that in the chat. That's awesome, too. But otherwise, I'll get into what I know, <laughs> which is First and foremost, this was kind of the biggest um, study I could see that looked at, uh, this one looked at 41 countries in the EU and the OECD. Um, so that was kind of like the biggest one I could find. Um, you can see that even here, the numbers are not great. Um, so this would have been back in 20, I can't see the date at the bottom here because it's, cu it's cut off on mine. But anyways, um, this is 25%. So I'm assuming it's 2017, 2018. Um, and we can see that there is gender disparity in the tech ecosystem throughout. That is my understanding also from uh, since I've been in Europe, I've gone to many, many uh, tech conferences and talked to people from around the world. And it sounds like there's similarities. There are some areas of the world where it's a little bit better. So, for instance, the Eastern Bloc in Europe. Um, and one of the reasons for that is because under state communism, it was obligatory for women to have a job um, as well as care for their children. So they were more likely to choose a role that guaranteed financial security. Um, and that's the rationale or reason that's often cited in terms of why the Eastern Bloc in, in Europe um, tends to have higher numbers than other areas. And people often ask the question about why. So if we zoom into the United States, um, you see kind of headlines like this. This is 2020, Women in Tech Statistics, the Hard Truth, Truths of an Uphill Battle. Again, it's all numbers. Um, and I've highlighted numbers show because, again, it's very rarely the voices of these women in tech and more so the numbers around them. Um, we don't get to, to see the full picture. But regardless, if they're talking about employment um, in this in this particular uh, article, they talk about how 25 percent of women in computing. Um, oh, sorry, 25, only 25 percent of women in the community. Uh, 25% of people in the computing community, oh my gosh, in ICT are women is what I'm trying to say. Um, and that that uh, when you start looking at racialized group, that number gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And that this is despite the fact that STEM jobs have grown 79% since 1990. They talk about education and how there's more than more women than ever in STEM degrees, um, but computer sciences has really decreased since 1997, which that was true in, in 2017 when we did our research as well. Uh, and then it talks about retention in this article as well and talking about how 38% of women who majored in comp sci are still working in the field compared to 53% of men. And it's the same for engineering. There's lots of other numbers in this particular article. It's actually quite interesting if you want to take a, a screenshot and capture that and check it out later. But otherwise, I wanted to also look a little bit at Europe. So it's kind of the same story here, to be honest, is a little bit both US and Europe in general are a little bit worse than Canada in terms of numbers. Um, and uh, what I found that was also really interesting was this quote from Steve O'Hare. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly, O'Hare maybe, from TechCrunch. Uh, he says, what kind of progress do I think the European tech community, tech community has made towards increasing diversity and inclusion in the past 12 months? The slow kind. And this was the 2019 report. So we're still seeing kind of low numbers of women in tech-related meetups across Europe. And it hasn't really increased much since 2016. We're seeing, um, few numbers, not very much funding, not many women investors in, in seniority. So it's kind of, again, it's not super um, uh, uplifting kind of conversation that you're seeing. 
And then we see in European tech industry, um, in this, uh, sorry, in this uh, State of European Tech uh, 2018 report, they asked people, um, do you feel the European tech industry is inclusive? And this graph is by gender. So we also see, of course, a gender disparity in who feels it is inclusive. Um, and, and if you dig into the, the research a bit more, and this is a very interesting report, they talk about how uh, people who experience discrimination are more likely to say that it's not inclusive, which is not surprising, but also not surprising that generally women have experienced more discrimination and generally women who are um, racialized to have experienced more than white women. So you start seeing like more and more the intersectionality and how that's applying. It does vary by country. There are some countries in Europe that are a little bit better than others, but otherwise this is kind of the reality of at least what it looked like in 2018 for the 2019 report. And I'll get into um, a, a good news story <laughs> from that, but um, it's kind of like inch by inch growing is what I'm seeing. Um, so I'd be curious if you, if this is surprising to you or unsurprising to you, if you would kind of um, say, is is the tech industry inclusive in the area you're in? If you're in Vancouver and came from Brazil, you would say that it is, um, but it's, uh, yeah, we're not seeing the best numbers. Um, but it's still, it's I think better, when I was looking at like previous reports, it's better than 2017, for instance. And honestly, I am optimistic and I have why I'm optimistic and what we can all do to help as my last section that we'll dig into here today before we um, have a conversation. Um, and hopefully you've been doing that in chat anyways, but uh, I, it's funny to me, if you'd asked me to do this talk even two months ago, I probably wouldn't have had a slide that said, why am I optimistic, um, to be perfectly honest. I was, or I am working on a program right now, and it has left me a, a bit pessimistic some days and not feeling great about the, the all of the work and the stories that we've heard over the last, for me personally, three years um, and where we are today, especially with COVID and all these impacts. So I was feeling pretty, pretty down, um, but I was listening to a book called The Future We Choose, which is about uh, climate action, um, but they talk about stubborn optimism and the power of that. And um, for anyone who works in activism and advocacy and nonprofit spaces or whatever you happen to work in, um, if it's like an impact-based kind of kind of work, it can be really difficult to stay optimistic. But that kind of shifted my mindset and it really helped me. So I'm also sharing this today with you as a, a reminder to myself as well. And I hope that you get out of this last section that there is room for optimism um, and that we all can do something to help. So I hope I hope that's kind of the takeaway at the end of the day um, for this. So uh, why I'm optimistic, first and foremost, the number that I shared previously, 25, that was a number in 2017. Today, the number is 30. There was a report that just came out that women make up 30% of the tech industry in Canada. 5% may not feel like a lot since 2017 because we poured a lot of time and effort, um, not we as in me personally, but, um, me and a whole lot of other people, including the government, have been doing a lot to support women in tech. Um, but it is an it is an increase. Um, and we're starting to see small gains. And I think that's a really important takeaway for me um, when I'm thinking about generational shifts, that there are these these gains that we're starting to see. Um, and as I mentioned, the government hired us to do uh, to do a research project. Government of Canada hired us at Women Tech World to do a research project to support their women in STEM strategy is something they're caring about. They're actually hiring outside contractors to come in and do research um, and reporting honestly the findings as we as we reported them. So that was really uplifting for me. And then as I mentioned, the State of European Tech Report 2019 did show some improvements uh, where people said that they felt their company had been taking action to improve diversity and inclusion. So there's that. Um, also, there's a lot more and better representation in media around women in tech. This is a great article, particularly not not just if you're going to Canada, but if you're in Canada, excuse me, or moving to Canada. It is 2019, but it is a really great report. And I have the privilege of knowing many women within this list, and they are incredible. And I highly recommend connecting with them. Um, also, women in tech in general, um, diversity and inclusion in general is talked about a lot more, particularly this year. Um, there's a lot of conferences that are now kind of providing providing space for women in tech. Um, not all, not always on like the main stage, but on like the second tier down stage, which that's a huge difference I've seen from 2017 to 2019 and 2020 is that now women are given um, a, a slightly more um, 
robust platform to talk about what we're experiencing. There's a lot of conversations around femtech and, and technology for reproductive health. Um, I'm being asked to speak at conferences like this quite a few times this year. I'm also being asked by companies. Um, I work in the startup space, so a lot of different companies are asking me uh, to, to look over their practices and what they could be doing better. Um, and I'm really excited that, for instance, one organization called Women Founders Accelerator Albania, it's not specific to tech, but it's the first women's accelerator in the Western Balkans. Um, and they they just, I was just helping them with their, their pitch and presentation and I'm going to be a judge at their demo day tomorrow. So there's, there's, you know, there are gains, which is really incredible to see and does. I do like, it's good to stop and kind of reflect on, for me, uh, good to stop and reflect on what we have seen that's, that's working. Now, I promise to talk about what we can do. So this is my personal kind of um, take on what we can do. And I would love to know what you would add to this list. But on an individual level, um, I, I think it's really important to be aware of the barriers that that not just you are experiencing. So when you're getting in the chat and talking about this is the barrier I'm experiencing or this is the word I'm using to describe my tech ecosystem, that's not a very positive word, to know that you're not alone in that. And um, looking at, you know, seeing other research. I'm a research person. I love research. So for me, looking at other research, but also talking to all of these women, talking to each other at VanHack um, and here at VanHackCon, this is, it's really important to know that you aren't aware and to know that these things are happening because when we know what's actually happening and we know what's happening in our community and the communities we want to move to, even on a global level, um, it can, while it can be demoralizing, it's also a bit empowering to know that um, there are people working on these things and that that if I know what these barriers are, then, then, um, then maybe I can work on a way to address it for myself, but also work with my with the communities, work with women in tech world, work with different organizations who are, are who are working hard to address the more systemic issues. Um, and then you and your day to life day to day life can work on a more individual level. So really important to be aware of what's going on. Um, the second piece is to build a support network. So kind of like what you're doing right now, hopefully in the chat <laughs> and getting to know each other, uh, reaching out to each other, really important. Also, if you didn't get a screenshot of that last slide, getting a screenshot of that slide and checking out this article, um, connecting with these people, they're all incredible. Many other in your own communities will, um, or across the globe, there's so many women in tech who are absolutely incredible um, that are not big names that are splashed on big stages, but kind of even you know around the corner from you. Um, so building those support networks is instrumental and is something that's been shown to contribute to women, um, women's career success is having a specifically a support network of women. So yes, have a support network of all genders, uh, our gender diverse support network, but also specifically women do tend to help because they tend to sponsor you more. Um, and so that's a really great one. And then do your research. And what I mean by that is do your research on the companies that you're looking into. Um, I know it's a privilege to be able to say yes or no, I want to work, I, I do or don't want to work at this particular company, but it's good to know um, what you are applying for and what that company stands for. Uh, and then of course, also please do apply for the job. I know that at VanHackCon, there's been a few talks about interview skills and about um, different ways, different things to think about when you're applying for jobs. So. Um, Look at those. Uh, apply for the job. I'm sure you've heard this the stat around um, how women will only apply for a job if they think they're 100 100 percent appropriate for the job. Whereas men, I can't remember the number. It's much lower. If anyone knows it, you can share. I think it's 80. 60. 60. They have 60 percent. They already apply, and we are looking for 100. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I feel like I've been hearing that for years, but it's still applicable. Uh, although eight out of 10 millennial women apparently are choosing where to apply based on um, the record of diversity, um, equity, inclusion in the company. So it is worth checking out like Glassdoor and things like that to to see how people are doing. Another one for me is uh, sponsorship. So I heard recently someone say women are over mentored and under sponsored. Um, so while mentor mentors tend to be kind of formal um, or informal discussions, they give you suggestions and feedback and insights. A sponsor will promote you directly using their influence and networks. Um, they'll help drive, drive your career vision, champion visibility, and ensure that there's kind of, and like invite you into spaces where there are opportun opportunities. So this has been shown to be more impactful than mentorship. 
um, yet it's something that's not done nearly as, as much. So when I say uh, sponsor other women, I would love I would love to see that um, you sponsoring other women, but also look for sponsors and look for those people who in your life who are willing to kind of put their neck out for you and say, hey, um, yeah, actually, uh, I do know someone that would be great for that job and put your name forward for that. So that's something to really seek out. And then when you have that kind of power to be able to do it for someone else, I, I would challenge and ask you to please do that for other women as well. Um, feedback I have here. Um, I've been talking to a lot of men lately. The project I'm working on is working with men um, on allyship, which is very, very illuminating. Um, and what I've heard is that there is power in providing feedback and a lot of men do want feedback. Um, now, again, um, often providing feedback, you have to have, be in a certain level of privilege to be able to do that. So it's not always possible. Uh, we heard that a lot going across Canada, actually, where women would say, we're in a small town. If I say anything, I'll be blackballed and can't get a job. So that's very real experience for many people, of course. But if you can provide feedback um, then and have that kind of power and privilege to be able to do so, then I please then I do encourage you to do so um, or to seek out an anonymous pathways to be able to provide feedback as well. I recently was working with a women founder that that's what we were working on was how she could provide some anonymous, anonymous feedback to an accelerator that she was in, not an accelerator that I've mentioned at all today. <laughs> so that was really interesting. Um, and the last one is cultivate stubborn optimism, which I've already touched on. So I'd be curious if um, if there's one thing on this list that you feel like you uh, would like to do, which feels accessible, if there's something you would add to this list, the list could be really long, to be honest. I constantly am pairing it back because in presentations like this, I don't want to talk about it forever because um, otherwise I could. But I'm sure there's lots of different other things that you could do at that kind of individual level um, to be able to to uh, to to ha help support your career. And again, I think that Ben Hatcon also had lots of content around finding jobs. So I'm hopefully I'm not I'm not covering that piece of it today. So I'm hoping that you were able to catch that at Ben Hatcon otherwise. But if you have any ideas, please do put them in the chat. That'd be fantastic. So we have one here. Receiving feedbacks helped me a lot with self-awareness. Someone said, let's sponsor a woman. <laughs> we had a couple of exchanges of good resources. Um, one that I really like is like uh, Say in Brazil, um, the name of this Instagram account, which yeah. is when you, um, you know, like that joke, follow the leader. If it, it, I'm not quite sure if it's follow the leader, but if you move a hand, everybody has to move a hand. All oh, um, right. Oh, Simon says or something. Simon says that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We say something like uh, Maria go with others. It's the same idea. Um, everybody does exactly the same. And that's the name that they gave. Maria goes with Babs <laughs> and not awesome. others. So that's a pretty good one. Um, yeah. We had a, a, a few um, resources like uh, uh, from researches, um, links, which is pretty good. So, awesome. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And, Are we able to like sure. to? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that I'm just asking them to make sure that they continue this movement on our Slack channel. We have a Slack exclusively for women, and we divide into five channels um, to make it easier to share. One is like network. Awesome. The other one is uh, resources. The other one is um, generic, generic, generic information. Um, so just like every time you see something that it's worth sharing, um, you can just go there and you're going to be sharing with like almost 2,000 people um, that all over the world, um, only women, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's incredible. Are we able to... Um to capture the knowledge that's going on in this chat here, like those those resources being put there. Can we like copy and paste them, not with your names, um, but anonymously copy and paste the resources and put them in that Slack channel? Would that be doable? Yes, I can do. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yes. Cool. OK, I love it. I love it. Um, OK, so uh, getting back to the research tour we did and kind of what other people came up with, this is the research uh, action plan. Just so you know, Kenda's gender equity roadmap, a study of women in tech is the uh, resource. Um, we didn't like, we didn't call it a, a, a report because we didn't want it to kind of be stuffy and just sit on your desk all the time. We wanted it to be something that people could actually action. If you go to womanintechworld.com slash gender equity roadmap slash Canada, 
you can check that out. You can also just go to womenintechworld.com and there's a research, I think, um, drop down and there's Canada's Gender Equity Roadmap as well as Discovery Foundation's BC Gender Equity Roadmap. There's some, some provincial ones and then the one from the government should be there soon, hopefully. And in the, the roadmap, you can see lots of different stories. So we did capture people's stories um, that we included in that roadmap. We also captured the building your action plan section. So the section around what can we do next was a really big part of what we did and that we shared back to the communities. <clears throat> so you can check out what they did here, but a couple of examples of what came out of this conversation, kind of like what you're talking about with the Slack channel. In one, um, I don't know if it's a city, I think it's a city, Sault Ste. Marie, it's quite, it's small, relatively small. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that, maybe it's mid-sized in, in uh, Ontario. Excuse me, they, so they, um, that was actually a really amazing one because it was our largest community conversation, 60 people. And they, um, but they didn't know each other at all. They walked in and they were just like, who are all these people in this room? They had no idea there are all of these women in the tech industry in Sault Ste. Marie because they all kind of stuck to their own companies. They were very siloed and never came together. So it was really cool. There's, there's power in bringing together people from different areas, um, from different companies, from different sectors. Um, and from that, like awareness of, wow, this is such an incredible community. What they did is they started a STEM group of volunteers. Uh, and and um, so there's there's a group of, there was a group of volunteers from the community conversation who are from STEM backgrounds and they partnered with a local innovation center and they started working on delivering digital literacy programs in, in local schools. So that came out of this research tour. And the second one was, um, another one I'll share is um, this group in New Brunswick. So again, they came into the room together New Brunswick's a like, smaller province on the east in Eastern or Atlantic Canada on the East Coast. And they um, came into the room and were like, wow, I had no idea. There were so many people in the tech industry here um, that were like-minded. And so they also uh, launched a Facebook group of women in tech in the community right after. Now, the action plans in this gender equity roadmap kind of, I think it's like, I think there's like six pages of them essentially. And it's broken down, a lot of it broken down into kind of um, uh, different life or different points in a career cycle. So whether it's um, a woman entering the tech industry, women already in the tech industry, um, or supporting the next generation of women in tech, so younger people and then it, you'll see in the um if you check out the bc gender equity roadmap and i've been mentioning a few times that we kind of adjusted our research um along the way so bc is a little bit more i don't know refined um i would say and we we built that action plan based on who you are so your role like i'm a uh, manager i'm a community um community builder, I'm a whatever you happen to be, and different things you can do at an individual level to address different barriers. So it's a really, really great resource, those two, those two um, roadmaps, if I, do, if I do say so myself, considering I wrote them, but also uh, with, with an incredible team, I shouldn't say that, wrote them with many other incredible people. Um, so, uh, but check it out because it is actually, it does have some really good resources and things to think about and ways to talk to other people about what you can do to um, action some of the things that we talked about today. So I think like for me, the, the important takeaway for me is that everyone has a role to play in creating more inclusive and uh, sorry, inclusive and gender diverse tech communities. Um, and that it can feel really big, it can feel really difficult and overwhelming, but little shifts do make a difference. So I'll add, end on one more question, which is what is one thing that makes you feel optimistic about being a woman in tech and this kind of journey that you're on um, I know you're all in you have all different kinds of roles in the room here today, but hopefully whether it's something you saw me talk about, why I'm optimistic and you want to talk about that, the resources, the fact that you're all in the chat talking to each other, you have your own thing. I'd love to know what is one thing that makes you feel optimistic. I'm going to be the first one, lucky me. <laughs> For me, it's like the power of this, uh, of communication. Now we have social media, we have um, podcasts, we have YouTube channels. We can actually um, in, have a bigger impact and we don't have to ask for permission. And I like this idea, just like, you know, you feel, you share. And, and I hope that someday uh, people don't go with like any uh, comments that are malicious and they just stick. If it connects you, 
perfect, then reply. If it doesn't, just move on and follow your life so we can be sharing even more without the fear. Mm. Yeah, we have some comments in the chat as well. Uh, yeah. Amazing resource. Uh, stubborn optimism sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Perseverance. Um, positive attitude and dedication towards work to hear women achievements uh, their places with proud mm. and you see other women growing and seeing that indeed your actions as a woman in the world really works mm. dedication makes me feel optimistic too resilient awesome. self-belief yeah love answers really nice that's amazing. I love it. Okay. I'll uh, share my last screen uh, slide and then I'll turn my slides off so I can actually see you for the last few minutes here. So just ending on uh, saying thank you. These are uh, how I mentioned we 170 plus um, volunteers back in 2017. These are some of them. Um, you can reach me if you want to take a screenshot or take a picture. You can reach me at Melanie at Women in Tech World .com. Also on LinkedIn, there's only one Melanie Ewan, I believe. So you can find me on there quite easily. But mention that you met me or met me at Van VanHatCon. Um, that would be fantastic because then I know who you are a little bit more. And when I'm saying yes to your invitation on LinkedIn. Um, also, my other hat is as a co-founder and managing partner of a company called Volition. And we work to elevate um, entrepreneurship through one-on-one -on -one coaching and skills-based training. Um, as well as through community events. So if you check out volitionadvisors.com, we specifically have uh, women pitch events, women's pitch events that we started in 2017 at the same time as this. Um, and I, I started them because of this community that I was a part of and realized there was a gap in the need um, and launched them and they've been incredible. And we've taken them across Canada, North America, Europe, um, and now we do them globally. So um, please do come check uh, me out there as well. You can find more about that also on my LinkedIn. So I'm gonna stop sharing so I can see the chat now. <laughs> but thank you so much for, for having me and I'm happy to to stay on. Uh, do I stop sharing? Do I stop sharing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and see you in the big screen. <laughs> okay, thank perfect. You so much, Melanie, it was amazing. Um, I guess everybody, you, you can see the chat. Everybody's super excited. They're thanking you. Uh, the session was really nice. Uh, thank you, Melanie and Van Heck, for um, putting up this conversation. Um, and someone said that conversations like this is what makes them optimistic. So that's Yeah, definitely, right? Me as well. Yeah. If you have any questions for us, um, just, just send in the chat so we can read. Let's see if anyone has some questions <laughs> with it. Yeah, let me know if you have questions. Otherwise, it's lovely. I'm so impressed by how active the chat is. Often when I talk at these kinds of um, conferences, people aren't super communicative. This is such a great community. So yeah, get into that Slack channel and continue yeah. to get to know each other. Um, it, it's yeah. pretty cool because then you can actually get to, uh, some people are always fearing if they are like, oh, I'm going to say something that it's not true, that it's um, um, negative, or you, we always aim for that perfection. Um, mm. But they, I thought it was pretty cool that everybody shared. So we had um, early on some comments about, I was the only girl in my class. Um, yeah. Me too, me too, it was the same. And for me, it was a the, I, I graduated as a petroleum engineer um, for a few years. Uh, it was just me and one more. And then while we went up um, and we could choose our classes, we started to choose classes together. And then we became um, a community of five. So we're not even in the same year, but we started to make sure that we took the same classes to be together. And so funny because I still, we are still close. Um, and like, for example, one of them also moved to Vancouver. So oh, wow. uh, we graduated in Brazil. We live in the same city. We still see each other very often. So it, it's it's pretty important to reach out. We both changed careers, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing, isn't it? But no, absolutely. Community, getting together, talking about it, having those like you are not alone conversations are incredibly powerful. And that was probably one of the most impactful things that came out of our research tour that we didn't really anticipate. 
we didn't realize how impactful bringing especially people together from from like academia from tech companies from all over the place that you never otherwise kind of come together um mm -hmm. how impactful that would that would be um for women to just be like okay i'm not i'm not alone and you're experiencing the same thing as me um let's talk about that and get together and learn from each other. So I think, and then we can start sponsoring each other too, um, which is super powerful as I, as I mentioned. Um, so yeah. uh, do you or your organization offer uh, on-site presentations at companies? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, we are, it's interesting. So what's that? No, we're not, yeah, not right now. now. <laughs> Virtually, um, no, if you if you check out or um, message me at Melanie at womanintechworld.com, um, it's interesting because we, we started off at that kind of grassroots level um, and then we have slowly been kind of like getting smaller, smaller and smaller. We're now working with Government of Canada, but like very specifically with one department in the Government of Canada and now looking into working with companies um, as well, specifically to bring our methodology into the space. Um, it's very unique and it's 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 a uh, weirdly um fun and it's weird to say that because it's difficult like we have conversations where women are crying we have conversations where it's very you know being very honest and open and, and um really powerful but we we do it in a way um that that we try to foster that kind of feeling of you are welcome and you can speak up and it isn't you're you there's like there's no wrong answer here um and we have have built our activities over the past three years into a way that that kind of um, helps with that, um, helps people feel comfortable. That was really our main goal is like, how do we make people feel comfortable in like 15 minutes <laughs> to start it <laughs> off? So that because usually the activities are like an hour and hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half. And so we have to very quickly be like, how do we how do we make that happen? So <laughs> um, that's a good so, call. Yeah, no, we, we absolutely are talking about like, how do we bring these into into new Kind of um how do we take our methodology from that like grassroots and how do we make it applicable to um a company which actually with government was very powerful to bring it to a company level um you just have to be more like we have to be more um aware of privacy and we have to be more aware of like this is not going to go back to your uh to your managers that we hold the data and just have to kind of be very careful about that and making sure everybody understands but otherwise yes um, yeah, it, it's yeah. nice to build that trust because then yeah. you know that you don't have to fear anything. Then you can just focus on being you and being yeah. honest and sharing and not having to worry with any consequences. Exactly. We and knowing that we'll we'll advocate for you and we're here for you. We're not we're a third party like we're not here to to promote or, um, you know, give the company or whoever it is the answers they want to hear. We're here to, to advocate for you as the women in tech. Um, or women in STEM. Um, so yeah, thank really you everyone nice. so much for all your questions and your engagement. It's incredible. I really appreciate it. Um, and yes, I see my my LinkedIn's in the chat. So please do connect with me. And I saw someone saying that they're also a researcher. Um, so good luck with that. And please do reach out because I think that's su super interesting. And I work with other researchers, like people who are doing their PhDs and want to talk about um, gender and entrepreneurship. And I do a lot on gender and pitching because my company is um, well known for our pitch events and have learned a lot about gender in the world of pitching. So if you're ever pitching, I want to talk about that as well specifically. Um, and then I'm happy to talk about that too. So thank you all Great. so much. Once again, Melanie, thank you so much. It was amazing. I hope we can make more events like this where we can understand each other, listen, and bring the numbers with the soul and not just the numbers. <laughs> Which is pretty exactly. cool. I guess it was the biggest takeout. And I love the stubborn optimism. Um, I've I always been, people uh, say that sometimes we, we look silly because we're just being so optimistic. But let's be silly that, that if that's being silly, I want to be silly. <laughs> uh, let's make sure that we can um, do more and more every day. Yeah, exactly. I think you, you need it. Um to be realistic and stubbornly optimistic and um, to persevere, which I heard someone say as well, which is another really important, and one of my favorite words, perseverance is um, very mm -hmm. important. So, sure. but lean on others to help you.
<laughs> That's nice. Uh, just to close up, I want to remind everyone that we are having the um, Black Friday uh, offer. So I'm going to stand here, start the offer so you can see on the chat as well. So we have um, discounts for every plan that we have, but the most, the biggest discount is the six month plan where you get 50% off plus one month for free. Um, I'm going to share that on the Slack channel too, so you can check and get more information. Camila is there to help you out, so if you have any questions, we have some online sessions where you can reach it out. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Melanie, again, thank you so much. I see you all next month, ladies. That was a pleasure. Bye, everyone. <laughs>